All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in to this very special installment of the P2 Podcast. I have with me Bryce and our good friend and special guest, Paige. Paige, say hi to the folks that are watching. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in, whether you're tuning in from Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, anywhere that'll take our fucking money. We appreciate you for being here because today is super cool because we have a really dope announcement to make. And I'm going to pass it off to Bryce, our faithful leader, to go ahead and tell you guys what we have going on. I totally thought that you were going to be like, I'll pass it off to Paige to say it <laughs> No, yeah. So uh, Paige is going to be joining the team. So we've been working. What? What do you want from me? That's the announcement. So Paige is going to be joining the team. We have been working um, as partners, you know, arm's length partners for quite a while now, just friends. Um, she's been with BA and we've been very, I think, respectful of the way that, that each party works for years now, which um, for me, that's like a really big thing, right? Like just being able to see someone from a distance and just appreciate their work practices and appreciate like how serious that they take their job, how serious they, te they treat taking their client or <laughs> how seriously they take um treating their clients well dude i'm telling you my brain's not working today but um you know with Paige, i think that that was something that like it i've always expected that we would make a really good team i just never thought that the opportunity would would come and the opportunity came and you know i think that it's it's great for both parties at this point and Paige is going to bring a new dynamic to p2 that we up to this point have currently not really explored so with that being said Paige, i will obviously let you tell everyone a little bit more about like what you do who you are and what you're planning to do with p2 yeah i'm so excited and i feel like i i totally agree that obviously the friendships have created such a cool space for all of us to exist and like see each other from afar and stay connected almost because obviously we all like we're busy people and so like the one beauty of social media I guess is being able to see what people put out there and I also appreciate people who just put out good content regardless of stupid algorithms and just are consistent and I just have always felt that with you guys as well so it's really cool people have even said like oh yeah you guys like support each other a lot on Instagram it's like yeah, like that's the point. Like that's why this is happening. It's like so easy and good and yeah, just like rec recognizes like. And so I, yeah, I've been um, online coaching in like this space for um, since 2018. Um, I was doing it prior since 2015 in a remote situation, um, more corporate. Um, so kind of for a while, it's so weird, but so awesome. And I plan on doing like what I've always been doing just in a new context um, with hopefully access to people who need me, you know, we can dive into the specifics. And on that note, I'm going to dip the fuck out so that anything we get from here can be clipped with Paige speaking and me not corrupting the internet space. So, all right, guys, appreciate you having me on. Do me well. But <laughs> all right. Now that he's gone, the good stuff. I'm going to talk as little as possible to let Paige let you guys just know a bit about her. I'm going to cure up for a couple of really cool things that I think you guys should know about Paige. Um, and really just kind of let her, you know, just kind of steal the show. And so I want to start just kind of pretty basic. I want the people to know about you, about your life. What are you going through right now? What's current event Paige life look like right now? I love that because I think it does set this up for 
just how crazy all of this has been. Um, so I'm going to talk like no one knows me. I'm 33 and I've been a dietitian um, since 2020. So have again been leaning into what I can offer as a health professional since then. Um, but I'm also uh, a wife and a mom and I still consider myself a new mom because this the whirlwind of the world of parenting is insane. Um, and I am. I mean, I still have little. So I uh, I had my first in COVID times. So Zoe's three. I mean, I think it's so I love connecting with people who also had kids during a fucking pandemic because it's it's like unparalleled and like almost create it's I think we're also wrapping our heads around the, the fact that we went through that. Um, and so much was different for us who were pregnant and like going through hospital situations where like no one could come like Brad missed ultrasounds my husband was not allowed to come so anyways it's it feels like it was yesterday at the same time that it was 10 years ago and then I had Isabel and she's one and a half so I have a three-year-old a one and a half year old and I'm six months pregnant so if you're watching the YouTube each way their baby bumps better than anyone that I know <laughs> Um, yeah, we're so excited and it's another girl. So we're going to have three girls. Um, she's due and we don't have a name yet. She's due in March. So needless to say, things are crazy. Um, I have a wonderful support system at home. Um, you know, work remotely, just like all of us online coaches do. And, um, most of us from home. And so I have a space here and we've got our parents around to help a lot. Brad works his full-time job and yeah, so it's, it's so crazy, but I think that ties into like coaching and, and the demographic and people who find me because I am going through all of this and it is obviously it is priority number one because it has to be when you have children, but like we're still doing lots of other stuff. We like the, the grandiose we of like, we're still trying to like do stuff with our lives and be our own people and accomplish things. And, um, I love that I can't not be that way. And so I get those people too. To, I get to work with those people. But 100%. that's personal stuff. Yeah, I'm going to pause you because you have some new P2 apparel on and you're hiding it with your pretty hair. I actually forgot I threw this on. Oh. Now, this, this is the new one? It's the newest shirt. I don't even have it yet. You know, I know this is gangster. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, um, no I mean, I, you guys mentioned before when Bryce was still here, um, just to add to it, like Paige and I are both from the 330. So people don't know that we're both from Northeast Ohio. Um, so, you know, I, I just relate to that mentality in general. I think when you grow up in a certain area, there's definitely a thought collective around the way you do things, the way you think about the world, the way you see it, what you want out of life. Um, and like you guys said, like, it's, it's cool to be able to see just like the homogeny between like desires, wants, practices, like, oh, like Paige does a lot of things the way we do. She thinks about things the way that we do. So the connection has always been there, uh, which made the next step of integrating, you know, Paige and her beautiful family into the team, bringing them into the P2 fold because Paige is more than a coach. You know, we talk a lot about content and education and and what we do for for our clients. And to be honest, I put that as like a very distant, like tertiary thing that we do, right? I, I think that if you talk about any, like for me, sports is always a great analogy for life. Talk about any great coach in any sport. People remember the personalities. They don't, they don't just remember the records. They see the records. 
but everyone always subconsciously ties the records to who that man or woman was and who they were to the kids that they coached or to the adults that they coached, professionals that they coached. And, you know, I think that who Paige is outside of being a coach is so much about, or sorry, brings so much to who she is as a coach and what she can provide to her clients, who she is as a mom, as a partner, to her friends, to her family members. Like she brings that same kind of essence to her connections that she makes in the professional space. And I think that's what really separates her and definitely aligns us. Yeah. That makes me so emotional. <laughs> I mean, that like, yeah, when you like live by that and then someone says that back to you, it's like, what more could you ask for? No, I mean, 100%. I mean, like, it is the contextual stuff. Like, we talk about mindset, right? And I'll let you kind of take the wheel after we're just kind of teeing it up. But like, it is so much more than numbers. Like, I can go build a program for somebody and say, hey, listen, this is the perfect program. And it could be objectively the most optimal program for whatever their goals are. But if they don't buy into it, if they don't know how to execute, if they feel lost, what did I do? Mm -hmm. Right? It's the other things that get them the other 95% of the way. And so, you know, it pays a lot into, you know, how a person thinks, perceives, how they relate, how they connect with you. And, you know, I'll let you kind of expound on how you do that with people. How do you integrate that kind of approach into your relationships and your, uh, your professional connections? Yeah, I think it it makes me so excited because even though there's this long onboarding call with a client and maybe even the exploration call prior where you, they tell me a lot about them and then I set them up for what to expect even just in my nature, like once I get, there's like a sweet spot with check-ins that if they're, if they buy in and they're into it, it's usually like three, four weeks in. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but there's always like a moment where I'm like, oof, I know this client now and it's, it's fun and it's, I it, it doesn't happen right away. Cause it's, you know, I think a lot of people navigate, like, how am I supposed to talk to a dietitian? Like I've never had one before, um, or a coach in general. Um, and I think obviously every coach can set that up with their client in terms of boundaries and like what to share, but it is cool. It's a cool moment when you like cross that boundary when you, yeah, get into check-ins and getting to the mode of things. I think, I think I see a lot, like, sometimes I feel like I'm living in two worlds where I have my social media side of, of everything. And like, that's where I live the most. It's where my clients come from the most of the time. It's, it's where a ton of my friends are. Obviously I have a lot of friends in Akron, but I wouldn't even say a lot compared to like the friends in quantity that I have online, obviously, just cause that's the nature of an online friendship. Um, and when my Akron friends and like my family members and like people who maybe I met through Brad, who work with him, ask me for help. It, that's like one of my favorite things because I get to, I get to not, I'm not an online coach to them. I'm a dietitian to them. And that's my favorite thing. You know, like I, I was asked to do um, a lecture at Mustard Seed Market here in Akron. They've got three locations and have been around since the seventies. And I, that is what I love to do. I love to be around people who who see me as a dietitian, I guess, and not just an online coach and everything that can come with that. And so obviously being a dietitian is not the end all be all. So that's not at all what I'm saying, but it's cool that it's, it's a connection thing. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, hundred percent. Like you, you mentioned like a, the dietitian piece isn't an end all be all, but I think it's a special thing to have people who are close to you, even distantly close friends of friends and stuff like that want to reach out and take you up on your services 
um, because they could call anyone, right? They could call some person, and it might even be easier. I think that there is, uh, for some people, a barrier uh, for asking a friend for help, right? And it's like, hey, you know, like, can you help me with this? Because how do you traverse the business professional relationship with the person that you have known originally on the personal side of things? Um, so it speaks a lot to the character of you, right? That they're willing to trust you with that. And also that they trust your knowledge, right? It's not just a, like, let me do page of favor and give her a client. It's like, you're not cheap, right? Rightfully so. So like someone yeah, wants to this in my career, like people say, do you do that? And I'm like, yes, full time. <laughs> and it's like a funny question because again, when it's not coming from an online space, they really don't know if I work with someone who has celiac, like a friend literally just asked me that for her sister-in-law. And I said, yes, like that is my job, you know, like, and I'd love to show you this side of things. Definitely posing this question, you know, in a very sensitive way, obviously, because you are transitioning from a previous team and I want you to be able to speak to your experience, the things you learned, what you're bringing with you and what you hope to continue to capitalize and evolve on and expound on. Yeah, I think like, I mean, any coaching situation, when you have the support of people um, and family, like you get to do a lot, you know, and and uh, like BA's family, you know, and and I, I mean, I couldn't even explain what I've learned, you know, there. And I think what what I can say is that I I certainly take ownership and, and full responsibility of of how much I've grown professionally because I, you know, I've done the continuing education you know, there are things that I'm like, I see and I'm like, oof, that's for me. Like, I'm going to do that. And, and and it's not something that we're, I was, was ever required of us. And, but I think that I was able to push myself to do more and to write a book and to like do all these things because I had such a nurturing place, you know? And so that's first and foremost, I think any coach that like is just in a good place support wise a lot's going to come out of that. So I, yeah, I think like just experience over time, you know, wh whether you're by yourself or with a team, it's the longer you do it, the more you're going to know, you know? And I think like everything that comes up, I feel for me on a client basis that I don't know, you know, obviously the first correct thing to do is honesty about it. And then it fires me up for what I should know. And that's not to say I'm going to half-ass it. That's like, what's missing in coaching. And I think that that's what's cool about doing this after a while and not getting complacent is like, no, that's a big gap in every client's coaching needs. It's not just this this one client. And so, you know, five years in this specific space, building off of nine years total, just I'm excited to like lean more into mindset stuff and mental health stuff like the whole I've said this a couple times but if I ever finish my master's I started it in nutrition but I think I want to go psychology because there's that missing link like a dietitian is a therapist in so many ways and we've got to we we have to pump the brakes at some point because we just don't have the resources and so I want to expand on that side of things because mindset is so important when you're doing anything related to food because it's such a, a central part of everyone's lives and you know this kind of goes into our the whole point of mindset and what I do feel like I bring to the whole coaching space is that framing the right mindset around what you're doing is truly in my opinion what will make you successful 
Like you can work with five coaches who give you the exact same protocol. It's going to click with someone who helps you see it correctly or who helps you frame it in a really healthy way. And maybe you get results in the moment with, with coaches that don't give you the mindset piece, but what happens after, you know, why did you have to hire the second and the third and the fourth coach? And I love that part of it, you know, and it's, I think also it's again, ever growing with every client I see and just me as a person too. Like I was, I'm a very empathetic person and could empathize with my parents, my moms and dads who were my clients before I was one. But the second I became a mom, woof, you guys, I get it a little bit more, right? And and that's just life. And so the more you go through personally, obviously, the more that you can help. So I've been in therapy. Like I could talk a lot about that, right? Now I'm a parent and I've competed and I've I've competed and I didn't do a national circuit, but I got nationally qualified and I did, did it for five years. Lots of hard preps, meal plan, plan preps, bad coaches, good coaches. I reversed messed it up and then I reversed and did it well. And I, I think, yeah, just all of those experiences help you coach, not just how to do it. Like everyone, we all, we can copy and paste, we can copy and paste, you know, but it's, it's doing it and understanding why you're doing it. What's the point of any of this? And I love that. I love it. It's my favorite part of check-ins. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you said earlier, make it meaningful and then like, yeah. we'll make it matter. Those both like just kind of stuck with me. Um, because I think that so many people do things just cause, and it's a weird thing for me, right? I, I you speak to being a parent, and um, to my knowledge, I'm not one. But uh, um, you know, it's one of those things where uh, I used to always say, like, it would frustrate me when I would ask people, like, why'd you do that? Whether my little brothers or friends, and go, oh, I don't know. I'm like, ooh. I'm like, that's like the one, I'm like, you could like rob a liquor store. Like you could do a lot of things for me as your dad and answering, I don't know as to why you did something will be the most frustrating thing. I will ground you for eternity, mostly because I'm like, no, you know, you know, even if it was like a intrusive thought, I think there is a learned skill, which I think I just was taught through a lot of just interesting familial dynamics, but about always thinking about what you're going to do and why you're doing it, right? Like to just do something is why most people get hurt, mess things up, lose out on opportunities. Like Bryce and I were talking about in the previous podcast, like people who will take a giant 45 pound plate, this little girl, lugging it across, slap it on the floor, put a barbell next to it to do RDLs. And I'm like, sweetie, you're like, you, you could have just stood on the ground. <laughs> like, like, did you think about what you were trying to do here did you even analyze this or did you just see it and go i'm gonna do it and then just throw some shit together right at this there's a lot of pitfalls that can be missed by just thinking about okay why is this matter and then like you said to extrapolate that into um like food emotional food health and how people relate to food and like you said it's a, it's a cultural centerpiece it's what brings a lot of people together it's one of the only things that you can take to any country with a person from any color, race, creed, nationality, sit down and commune over a meal. Like it's so important, but there's also so many different cultural dynamics and influence. And how do you speak to a person who grew up in the deep South where they deep fry everything and use butter and everything. And like, it's like land food. It's just like, no, we don't eat that. Like we, we have to flavor our food. How do you teach that person versus a person who's like, Hey, like, you know, we, we, this is what we ate with a very strict regimented. I don't eat that. I don't eat that. I have a restrictive mentality. So it's like, 
you have two different ends of that pendulum to talk to. And yes. it's definitely, uh, yeah, just an interesting part of clientele. And I do feel like it can be super limiting if you don't have that in your arsenal as a coach, because if your client says, my parents refuse to cook anything but their cultural food and it was awful, you know, it was like uh, we were butting heads the whole time and your coach says, well, just stay strong. They don't understand. It's like, or, you know, it, it can't just be, they don't care about being healthy. Well, that's not it either. You know, it, you have to, it's why you can't just give meal plans to everyone. It's why in my questionnaires, I added, do you deal with food insecurity, right? Like, do you live really far from a grocery store? Like, is it, I can't just tell you to go pick up a protein shake. Maybe right. you can't afford it. And so there, yeah, there are lots of levels to the different experiences that people have with food. And again, the more you hear them, the more clients you get like that, the better you're going to be able to coach people through it. Sometimes it's, you know, I'm learning too. So it's like, you tell me what you need. You know, what was this experience like for you? How can you be supported in it? And that's the best thing is we come to an agree, you know, like a middle place because on paper, what I do is I give macros, right? And supplements if necessary. We talk about your cardio, you get a workout. And on paper, that's great. I will give you recommendations that I truly stand by for your goals. However, they're just numbers, you know, and so it's not the end all be all. And we we need to talk about that. And we need to talk about it on a daily basis. We need to talk about it on a weekly basis and a monthly basis. So actually, I said this on last podcast that I was had with you guys. If you don't have a coach that that talks that is comfortable talking about your mindset, not just in the beginning and at the end, but like every step of the way, then you're missing something in your coaching. Like obviously there's there's ebbs and flows. The longer you work with a coach, the more likely it is that things are going to go wrong or that you're going to have a really awful week. But what does awful mean? That's the point. What does awful mean to you and why are you framing it that way? Because there's a good chance that you're making it out to be something that it's not. So yeah, make it meaningful is it can be applied to anything, but especially with like, if you're really gonna, you know, I love you yeah. by now people know that tracking macros is my thing and I, I teach it and I love it. But if you're going to track macros, you better be doing it for a good reason. You know, don't just do it because your friend's doing it. You know, don't just tell, like when people say, can you do a consult for my mom? I'm like, I don't, do they, did they ask? I don't think so. Right. Like I'm not going to make them track macros or teach them about macros if they have, if that's coming from you. So even with like potential clients, like you got to make it meaningful and you got to make sure that you for your clients are there for them on the mindset journey the entire time because it will change. Yeah. No, I mean, you had a point there, right? Like I used to say all the time, like you could walk up to a homeless person and offer them a salad and they could throw it back at you and say, I want a beer. And it doesn't matter if it's good for them. It's about what they wanted, right? What does it mean to them? And you want to be able to provide value that people with a line of the education you want to put out, right? Like your message, hey, I want people to be healthy. I want you to live long and enriched lives. I want you to live free of the disease and conditions that come with unhealthy, you know, practices. And I need you to want that. I can't go out and like just start fucking food mat thumping people in the face with, hey, you need this, you need this, right? It's like, no, you need to understand it. And I think that's always been like to your point earlier about cultures and the differences is like kids were taught different things. Like I was taught very different things. I grew up, I never drank water. Unless I was running suicides at practice, I never drank water. It was not something I I would come downstairs, hey mom, can I have something to drink? 
You can have some water. Okay, never mind. I'm like, I, I, I wanted juice or pop. I, I didn't want anything else. And so it wasn't until college that I just like challenged myself. You say, you know what? I want to be a bit more, you know, just healthy. So I'm going to just stick off of like pop. No more Sprite, no more Dr. Pepper, no nothing, right? Just water. And then it would have been like six months before I had a sip of pop. And I was just like, huh, interesting, right? I would go home and my, like, they're pulling juice out the fridge. You want something to drink? I'm like, no, water's good. I'm like, that was weird. I'm like, it, but like, it, it was, it was a very weird thing for me that very subtly happened, but being able to speak to that and understand it when someone comes to you and they go, yeah, I just don't drink a lot of water. It's not like, well, then you don't want to be healthy. Like, mm. I didn't yeah. drink water. It wasn't encouraged. It wasn't taught. Yep. For sure. No, either way. No, I will uh, transition. I did ask an end of that question, like transitioning into P2. Right. We talked a bit about where you've been, what you've done, what's important to you. What are you most excited about? And for those who are listening, Paige is going to be our nutrition voice. Like she's going to bring that to B2. Obviously, we have people here who understand it. Um, that's my major. We have two people who are certified. Obviously, Bryce understands it at a pretty high level as well. But to have someone come in who has made it the, the, the their master craft, right? While training has been ours. Paige is going to come in. She's going to bring that voice here. She's going to bring a lot of expertise and specialty. Um, but what are you most excited about in stepping into this new role? What are you want, hoping to bring to the people? What impact do you hope to have? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, I love that you guys can do the training because I'm good at it, but it's not now. It doesn't have to be my focus. I don't have to have it offered. It's going to be built right in. So that's going to be a really cool thing that we'll start letting you guys know that, yeah, training is going to look a little a little different coming from me now um, so that I can just focus on the nutrition side of things. And I feel that the one-on-one -on -one weekly coaching is going to look very similar, just like beefed up, I think. Right. And we've got to, we've got to get there. Um, but I am most excited for being able to like almost frame my coaching a little bit differently because I did, I am coming from a, a very large bodybuilding culture to the point where my book was just mine and people still think it's written for bodybuilders. And that's just, that's like image and what's sexy, you know? And so I am excited to move not completely away from bodybuilding because I love it and will still coach it. And I want to still be involved in the cycles of someone's life, like as they go through a prep, do a show and then come out of a prep, like most of bodybuilders lives is actually not bodybuilding <laughs> when you really step back and look. And so I still love that side of things, but it's going to open me up to people who um, who are just parents. Like I have college people, like college males, uh, teenage girls who are about to go to college. I have moms and dads. I have grandparents. And this is actually, it's a really cool thing. Like obviously I can't really on a personal level, but being so close with my mom and Brad's mom who are here all the time, I actually can somewhat relate to some of the things that some of my clients who are watching their grandchildren for their kids, because my mom says it to me. It's like just, it's a really cool thing that I get to, um, I, I hopefully will be found quicker by the people who I love working with, because those are the people who like, you know, bodybuilders by now know that they need to get their blood work done. I'm preaching to the choir. Like you need to, you're 40, that's perimenopause. You need to get your, your blood work done. You're in college and you haven't had a vegetable for six months. You should probably get your blood work done. You know, there are people who may not lose their cycle. Like 
we blood work became, got real big when bodybuilders were, were, were losing their cycles. And it was almost, it's like, well, yeah, your body fat's low. You're, we're not eating a lot. Like it may happen. Amenorrhea is normal in those cases. We get it back. But irregular periods are way more prominent and also not normal, you know? And so if you're irregular at, I mean, there are just so many people that I cannot wait to talk to and help um, men, female, literally, you know, teens are an exception, but let's say 18 to 70. I mean, like I, it's my favorite thing to, to do a lot of different stuff. And I think that I have the platform for it now. I think that was exactly what I was going to say. Is that like, and we can't wait to provide that platform. I think that we've been, if you've been following the the brand, it's definitely transitioned a bit more away from strictly bodybuilding into like, we love showcasing our moms and dads and people who just are fun and fit and they're finding their love for fitness at 40. Like they just started training, you know, two years ago when they turned 39. And it's like, now, you know, I have moms that are, you know, 45, 46 years old, and they can pick up 90 pounds in each hand and take it for, you know, sets of 10, straight sets of 10. And that to me is so cool um, because I think, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I, I think like, we can see how you're going to speak on bodybuilding. I think that it is such an aspirational space. Like so many people look at it because it's, it's not like any other sport. It's not like, you know, the NBA where you watch the brown and you go. I'm just going to watch because I could never do that. It's like, no, you watch people on stage. You watch people get fit. You're like, I can do that. I can go walk in the gym and find a love and do that to some degree. And so it's cool to help people explore that part of them. Yeah. And I was just going to say, like, I, I think that with bodybuilding, like you do create such a cool culture. And I think it's also important to main, to maintain that culture in your life because again, maybe it's not going to be our focus. Like it's not our, our key demographic, but I still want those people too, because again, after they're done competing, they're going to want people who get it. They're going to want people on their side who have done it and who, like you said, just like fit fun people. Like we still want to cultivate a place where like, I have a great relationship with tracking macros and bodybuilding and I haven't done it forever, you know? And I think that that sets me apart in a lot of ways because it's not like I had to completely separate myself. I'm in a place where a lot of people will be post bodybuilding, where I still want a community of people who get it, who take care of themselves, who know what a macro is, who can follow a training pro program still and not have a have to do it for a show. Like you don't need that motivation. You're just that type of person and you want to be surrounded by those people. Like I want those people too, because those are the people who need the support in transitioning from something that's so niche to like life again. Yeah. No, also, I stay close, right? Like you don't have to make a clean break. No, I mean, a hundred percent. I actually, you know, Bryce earlier before we hopped on, he was talking to both of us and he said, you know, you see the people online who are like, yeah, I work with dads named Jeff who are on the East coast of the United States that work five to 10 people. Like, you know, like, and I'm like, there needs to be one of those groups for people post bodybuilding because I think so many people hire coaches for bodybuilding or whatever sport whatever they're trying to achieve right and then sports done and you see that all go away right like you know how many like NFL rates that I watch get inducted into the hall of fame and they can barely fit into their suits because they're just, they're just fat now and it's just like because everything went out the window they didn't think there was a reason to keep those habits and yeah you don't need to be training three, four times a day and dialing your diet, your diet down into the microgram, but integrating the culture, like you said, like 
there are there's a group of people right there that are not being talked to that just say I'm I'm done competing so peace out coach and they kind of have to hang out in that like bodybuilding hangover space where they kind of hate the gym and they don't want to track but they'd also hate the way they look right now because they've let themselves go and they're not maintaining any of the habits that they have and it's a balancing act that they could use some help with but there's just not a place where someone's like hey I can help you with that you know and it truly comes back to mindset. That's the whole thing. And like, if you you set someone up from day one, the first day they say they want to do a competition, I am preparing you for two years after the last the last show you've ever done. I am planting seeds. Every you might be a year away from a show, or you're whatever, you're me, you're whatever. And I'm still talking about what what is it going to look like? What you just said? What's that going to look like two years post show? Right. And it's you need that for sure. No, it's super important. Um, well, cool. In uh, a wrap up and closing here, I will kind of hand it off to you, let you tell the people, you know, just whatever you want to tell them. Obviously, we'll have a post coming here soon. Actually, you guys will have seen the post by the time this is up. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to hand it off to Paige. Let her let you guys know where to find her, what to expect, what she's excited about. And I'll uh, sign us off. By now, like Chris said, you guys know that this is happening. So I'm so, so glad you listened to the podcast. And this is just, I mean, we couldn't even get into the stuff that we're going to do. And I'm excited. And so right now, just find me through P2. You know, the transition is in full effect and I am taking clients and I'm taking full, full-time nutrition clients. As I mentioned, we've got some training built into that. Uh, I'm also doing consultations and I've actually created one that is specifically for blood work. So if you want to know more about that, let me know. Just, yeah, uh, I think contact me through P2 and I'm ready to chat. Yay. Thanks everyone for tuning in. And Paige, we are so excited to have you. Thanks guys. See you next time.